Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hi, Bill Kasky here. If you're listening to this podcast, it means you're excited about making real change. Well, I am too. In fact, that's why I began this podcast three years ago. I found that change happens only when you take action. Maybe you're like a lot of my listeners who have questions like, what steps can I take to grow my business? How can I have a better business life? How can I avoid the commodity jungle? And how can I grow my income? But maybe you're feeling stuck, not sure exactly where to begin the journey. I totally understand that. That's why I created the 2X Group, to relaunch your success. Whether it's how to generate leads, how to reconfigure your limiting beliefs, or how to close more sales, the 2X Group might be your ticket to growth. And today, I'm offering a 30-minute phone call with me so I can learn about your goals and determine whether the 2X group is perfect for you. No cost, no obligation. So if you're ready to take action, go to the2xgroup.com to get on my calendar so you can begin the journey of 2Xing your business. Now, on with the show. You ever wonder what role resistance plays as you seek to improve your lot in life or improve your income or significantly increase your market penetration? Ever wonder how resistance raises its head? Well, wonder no more. We're going to talk about it today. Before we get going, I want to urge you to go to BillKasky.com where you can Subscribe to the uh, communication that I do, at least on a weekly basis. We're going to be running some very valuable webinars and live streams over the next few months on topics like what you're going to hear today. So I don't want you to miss that. We'll be promoting in here on the podcast, but uh, it's a lot easier through email. Go to BillKasky.com. Also, lots of free stuff there. And if you want to get a hold of me, there's a way to do that there as well. One of the many advantages of having a podcast is that a guy like me gets to talk through some things, stream of consciousness things that I have watched and witnessed over the past few years. And I want to share with you one such thing today, and I want to get your opinion on it, see if it makes some sense and if it brings value to you. I want to start with a story, though. You know, when I got into this business many years ago, I was really intrigued with the sales process part of it all. How does someone move a prospect from they're aware that you exist or maybe they're not aware that you exist all the way to, man, I got to have what this person is selling. And I've always been obsessed with that because some people are really good at it, some people not so good at it. And and it's been my quest to help people see the difference. And so any kind of sales strategy and prospecting mechanism and all those things I can bring to the table, then that's really good. But the problem is, as you can probably imagine from any kind of coaching you might have done where you're coaching somebody else or training, and this goes for VPs VPs of sales and leaders, is that some people really respond well to instruction and some people don't. 
So I could have a group of 20 people sitting around a table, or maybe I'm working with 20 different people from the same company, teaching them all exactly the same thing, coaching them on the same things, working through the same mental state, inner game kind of stuff. And five of those people will take it and run and you won't see them again. They'll just be off to the races. Incomes go up, revenue goes up, and 15 of those people will struggle. Some will get it eventually. Some will make slight modifications. But I've always wondered, well, I'm teaching the same thing, so the content is the same. The coach is the same, me or whomever, but the context is not the same. In other words, the container that we're, that the coach is putting the content in, meaning the human being, is not the same. And so I've been thinking about that a lot over the last year or so because I feel like, well, if I'm going to be worth the money people pay me as a coach or a trainer, I had better figure out if I'm teaching the wrong content, if I'm the wrong person, or I'm not helping them uh, take in the content and actually go activate it and use it. And I've come up with two elements of this, and I want to run it past you and see what you think. And you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, and uh, we'll put this up so you can, if you're not already uh, connected with me, to go there and you can comment on it. One is the area that very few people talk about. Actually, nobody talks about it. And I don't know that we've ever talked about it that much. I've, I've referenced it here on the podcast and in the training we actually do some of my work with the 2X groups, which is my B2B sales uh, mastermind group and some of the other leadership work, is this concept of self-worth. And the concept of self-worth is captured in the saying, you can only perform in the market in a manner consistent with how you feel about yourself and the self-worth you attach to your value. So it's highly unlikely that if a person sees themselves as a $100,000 a year person, just using that as a just easy, uh, it's unlikely they're going to get to a million dollars a year of income if they see themselves as the hundred grand person. Just not. It's it's impossible for you to act and achieve results inconsistent with or incongruent with how you see yourself and, and what you feel your self-worth is. And that doesn't just go for money. It could go for, do I deserve to charge a fee that I've been charging? If you're an entrepreneur or individual performer or coach or author or consultant, do I deserve to charge the fees I'm charging? Or do I deserve more and I just can't get there? Or everybody tells me, oh, you know what, Bill, you got to up your fees. You're not charging enough. And then you go back and sit in your room at night and say, well, I could charge more, but am I really worth it? And believe me, I have this struggle. We, anybody who says they don't have this struggle is lying to you. They just are. And it's built into our DNA, into our human condition of, am I good enough? Am I worth it? Uh, do I bring the value that would cause someone to pay the amount of money that, that I'm asking for? So self-worth is a big thing. And again, as I said, self-worth is not just about money. It's about who I deserve to call on. It's about how I, what's my sentiment when I'm in front of people. Do I show up from a place of high self-worth or do I show up attached and needy and desperate and anxious and trying to persuade and hoping like hell people do business with me? Now, as I said, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. And 
Maybe the reason is that no one knows exactly how to change it. So why would I bring it up if I'm a coach or a trainer? Why in the world would I bring it up if I've got nothing on the back end? Well, I think there are ways to do that. And we've uh, looked at some ways and we've got some ways to do it. But I just wanted to introduce that to you today and say that if you've ever set goals that you have not accomplished, then look at the self-worth alignment. Do I believe I deserve to earn the money that I say I want to in in a goal-setting atmosphere? Or have I set my goals big enough? Am I setting my goals based on my limited perception of my self-worth and then the goals aren't all that inspiring to me because they're just all within my comfort zone. So it's, you find that a lot when if, if I talk to somebody and they're earning $150,000 a year and I say, okay, let's look three or four years out. What do you want to earn? Well, I'd like to earn one hundred and sixty. dollars uh, Nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's no shame in that. But is that is that really the best you can do? I mean, is that is that what the potential of the market is? And probably it's not. And so what we do is we set goals within our own self-worth. The second area is, and this is a little bit different, but I want to run it past you. And it's the idea of walls, walls of resistance. Because when a coach comes along, and if you were ever to join one of my groups or or help hire me to be a coach, at some point we're going to run into resistance. I do, we all do. We need somebody sometimes to shine the light on what it really is rather than just say, we got to work harder. It's not always working harder. In fact, it's rarely working harder. And yet that's always the dictate that comes down from the top. If you're not making your numbers, what does your manager say? What does your CEO say? You got to work harder. Well, I, I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. I see too many people who are earning extremely high levels of income that work four or five hours a day. So the, the idea of hard work is just, it's just not true. So what are the walls of resistance for you? And I've got a couple of thoughts here. And I pose this to you as if you are in one of three areas of life. One area is the job area, which is where you're earning, a, let's just say, $100,000-ish a year. I mean, it could be 150, could be 200, but, but it's in that six-figure six income range. And the way you will grow there, if you want to stay there, is to grind it out. It's where hours lead to dollars, meaning the more hours you spend working, networking, cold calling, playing golf with clients, the more hours you spend, the more dollars come to you. It's an arithmetic formula. The line goes up, but the line is a result of hours worked. It's hard to scale that. So if you are struggling with, God, how do I get from 100 to 200 or 200 to 400? And it feels like, oh, God, I just can't work any harder. I mean, how am I going to do? I mean, I can call on larger companies. Okay, that's good. That's one way to ratchet it up. But I can't work harder. And so wall number one comes, the resistance comes when I say, you've got to reinvent yourself. You've got to change the way you work. And that's hard for people because we've been doing business the same way for so long. And I know we say this pandemic is going to change the way we do business, but it's got to change the way we think first. So if you come to me and say, I want to get my business from 100 grand to 500 grand a year income, I would say, well, you can't do it. You just can't do it doing the same thing, going to networking events, going to more networking, making more cold calls, getting more referrals. 
So the secret to the first wall is you've got to think scalability. You've got to think, how can I scale my lead generation? How do I scale the number of appointments that I get? Uh, Could be that you create something online that helps people see what you do and, and causes a conversation to happen. It could be digital technology of some kind. It could be you become more marketing-minded. You become less sales-minded and more marketing-minded. So what exactly does that mean? Well, it means I need to understand marketing sequences, the customer journey, how a person goes from not knowing I exist to wanting to buy from me. There's a whole series of sequences and elements of that. And so we can't just show up and expect someone to buy. We have to market to them. And it doesn't really mean you're going to lengthen the sales process at all. In fact, I think, if anything, it'll shorten it. But you've got to think marketing, not just sales. That's to get through that first wall. So let's say you've broken through that first wall. And again, as I said earlier, it doesn't really matter the dollars. It just at some point in your business, depending upon your business and your income level, there's another level. And that level has a wall in front of it. And that wall is the branding wall. And it's personal branding. What is personal branding? Well, we talk about it a lot. It's the reputation you have in the world and your market with your audience. It's your ability to create content that speaks to that audience and the, the reputation that goes along with that production of value. But I've been talking about it a long time and I, I realized and have realized that it's an advanced thing. It's not something that a 22-year-old that just graduated from college goes out and builds his or her personal brand in a business that they've been in for three months. It's really hard to do. Now, if they've had a history of high school and college and, and early years of cooking, you can build a personal brand, yes. But what I'm talking about here is a B2B business brand. But at some point, if you want to break through to that third level, that's the $500,000, $800,000, million income level, You've got to build your personal brand. That means you need a media platform. You need to have a a consistent effort to publish quality content. You might even need a series. uh, Think Netflix here. Don't just think Netflix like gathering your family around to watch your series. But in terms of a serial production where one week it's one topic, the next week it's another topic, and it's all underneath a show kind of thing. That's a media platform. You've got to speak publicly on things. You've got to risk ridicule. You've got to put your ideas out there that maybe not everybody will agree with. So you've got to be polarizing in some way. And as uh, my friend Brian Neal says, our job is to polarize. It's to run people away from us just as quickly as we run them to us. Because we know when people are running to us, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a controversial figure on the podcast here, but I talk about things that nobody really wants to talk about, or that not too many. And I've gotten some nasty emails from traditional, classically trained salespeople who says, you don't know what you're talking about. Detachment doesn't work. It's not a good strategy. And then I've got For one like that, I've got 10 people who say, this is the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So I'm not worried about the one person who says, you've got it wrong, because I know that I don't. And that may sound, I might not have it right for him or for her, but I know I've got it right. And so you've got to be open to ridicule and criticism. 
So you've got to have a following people. You have to speak in the market in a way that causes people to either uh, be attracted to you or, or repelled by you. And if they're attracted, they will follow you, but you've got to give them a way to follow you. And so this is part of building the brand. You might be speaking in front of audiences. You might be on panel discussions. You might be leading the panel discussions. You may be the person that has the party for all the other thought leaders. So you raise yourself above all other thought leaders. I think the second, the first wall, you have to be a thought leader. The second wall, you raise yourself above that. You have to figure out a way to curate content, to be a proponent of content in your world, in your market. So if you're a commercial real estate agent and you're selling buildings or selling leasing office space, then can you collaborate with others to do something? Can you collaborate with furniture people? Can you collaborate with space planners? Can you, can you do that? Because now you're the, you're the one that brings all these forces together and you're curating vendors so that other people will say, well, why would I not go with uh, John Smith? Heck, he brings me everything. So think about that on your personal brand. So my main message today is if you're stuck in one place and you're trying to get to another level and you're having no success with it, A, go to BillKasky.com, get on our subscription list. They're going to be doing some webinars on this very topic. And B, take into account some of these things that, uh, and, and make, a, make a little checklist with these. One thing that I've started to do with podcast episodes that I really like is I will send them over to get them transcribed. I use Otter, O-T-T-E-R dot A-I. It's an um, artificial intelligence transcription service. It's like six bucks a month. And sometimes if I listen to an episode and like, man, that was chock full, I'll send it over, get it transcribed. Now I have it in writing. So feel free to get these transcribed. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it because there's a fair amount of work involved in taking the transcription and turning it into a finished product. But if it's just for note-taking purposes and for reminders, it's great. So go back, go to BillKasky.com, go back and listen to this again, take some notes, review your notes, set up a checklist, say, am I doing these things? Where am I on this 100000 to $1 million spectrum? You're on there. You just have to figure out how am I going to continue to move up that spectrum in your life, because I think the more you earn, that implies you've brought a lot more value to the market. And that's what this is about. So I've really enjoyed today. I hope this was not tedious as I walk through some of my philosophies. And I really do appreciate you listening. Uh, it uh, means a lot when I get emails. You can uh, reach me at bkasky at kaskytraining.com. And uh, I will certainly answer all those. Thanks. Bye.